listening to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. Hi, welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show. My name is Howie Silbiger, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, technology, it's great. It's great when it works. Not so great when it doesn't work, but it's 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 really great when it works. Um, uh, you should hear me now. Uh, the uh, we were having a technical problem. That's why we started a little late today. Um, and uh, and the technical problem continued, which is interesting because once you figure you have it fixed, you don't expect it to continue. But here we are. So uh, if you could hear me now, so that's a, that's a good thing. And uh, and I could I could hear you if you call in I'll I'll be able to hear you which is a good thing, so uh, between me hearing you and you hearing me the thing called radio is actually working. Uh, if you saw when the microphone wasn't working I was still talking because the radio stream on True Talk Radio the the live stream on True Talk Radio is is currently running and that was working fine, so the the stream on um, uh, on on social media the stream on Facebook and on. Uh, on Twitter and uh, th- those streams, you didn't hear me, but people listening on the app did hear me. So, so, uh, so if, if it looked a little, a little weird that I was talking, but you couldn't hear me, it was just because other people could. So, so they were getting something that you weren't getting. So there you go. I hope that makes you jealous or or something. Uh, I want to thank everybody for everybody who who gave me feedback over yesterday's show. Uh, a lot of people were really upset by my show yesterday, and uh, I, I know that uh, a lot of people were really, really upset uh, based on the feedback I got, based on some of the emails I received. And I want—I want to thank you for uh, for giving me that feedback. I appreciate it. Uh, it didn't change my mind. I still stand behind everything I said yesterday. I still don't believe that uh, you could claim to be Jewish if you don't believe in God. That that doesn't make sense to me. And that never will make sense to me. I mean, logic is that, you know, uh, Judaism is a monotheistic religion. And if you don't believe in God, then you can't be a Jew. It's, it's as simple as that. Uh, if I don't believe in Jesus, I can't be a Catholic. And if I don't believe in Muhammad, I can't be a Muslim. Uh, these are the basis, the, the basic tenement of the religion. This is the, the core of the religion. If you don't believe in the core, then you're not part of it. So uh Judaism is an exclusive club and uh if you don't follow the rules you, you you're just not part of the club now i've done i've done plenty of shows you go back in the archives you could hear uh, hundreds of hours of me talking about this topic and uh i thank you all i thank all the people who who sent me nice emails and i thank all the people who sent me um uh, even nicer emails let's put it that way thank you so much for your uh, your feedback i i do appreciate it i appreciate everybody who takes the time to c- connect with me to contact me, to call into the show, to email me, to message. Yeah, I, I appreciate it all. Thank you so much. I am, um, I, I'm, I'm really a little bit confused tonight, and I'll tell you why. It's, 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 it's a confusion that that kind of comes and goes, comes and goes. Not, not like Joe Biden's confusion, which is constantly there. It's a, it's a Paul on his, uh, on his head. It's more of a confusion that comes and goes. Uh, I, I understand. I understand that since the advent of social media, since the advent of Facebook and Twitter and uh, and all the social media platforms, humanity, the people, people living on the earth, people who have uh, cell phones, have become addicted to these things. So, so there's a there's a certain addiction to 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 Facebook and a certain addiction to Twitter, and people just can't stop checking them. Uh, they 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 created this um this this brand new um this brand new what's it called uh, I, I I'm I'm trying to find a word for it. It's a brand new. You see, see, it used to be easy to do this kind of shows, and and then suddenly the word police came along the vocabulary police came along and now they scrutinize every single word you say so so it's really hard sometimes to find the right word to use uh that that somebody's not going to uh to try to cancel me you know how many emails i've gotten to true talk radio trying to cancel this show you have any idea 
Uh, did, did, yeah, how could you hire Howie Silberger? Get rid of Howie Silberger. Howie Silberger is a terrible show. Don't play Howie Silberger anymore. Howie Silberger owns True Talk Radio. Just figure I'd put that out there. Uh, I don't think I'm going to cancel myself anytime soon. But but thanks for asking. So so there's a disorder, a mental disorder. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's it's called fear of missing out. So so people always fear that they're going to miss something. And, and by fearing that they're going to miss something, uh, they constantly have to be checking their phones. So it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter where they are. They constantly have to be looking at that phone. And it, it becomes, it's gotten to a point where anywhere you go, there's somebody staring into a screen. Yeah, you, you can't get away from it. You can't escape this, this, this addiction, this, this cell phone addiction. And so, um, uh, they passed laws that said that you can't use your cell phone while you're driving, and I thought that was smart. I mean, that was a good law to pass, and um, and and those laws are good, and 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 they passed laws uh, about uh, about using uh, using technology um, technology while um, while operating heavy equipment, which is which is good. Uh, distracted uh, driving, distracted operation of heavy equipment. I mean, you know, you don't want to kill anybody while looking at a cell phone, and that's what was happening. People were dying. Cars were smashing into people and uh, people were walking into holes in the ground because nobody was paying attention to anything. Uh, I, I, was, I was in the store earlier today and I'm, I'm walking around the store and I'm looking at merchandise in the store. I, well, you know, browsing through merchandise as you do in a store. You walk through the store, you take a look at merchandise. And, and I'm looking through merchandise and there were at least five or six people standing in the store staring at their, at their cell phones. Now you figure, okay, okay. So, so they don't want to miss a message. They don't want to miss a uh, an important meme that turned up on uh, on Instagram. They don't want to miss a, an important uh, comment uh, on Twitter you know, on what Kim Kardashian is doing today after her horrible breakup. <laughs> so, so I, I know they don't want to miss out on anything. So, so they were looking. So you figure you look for a minute, you look for two minutes, you look for three minutes. I was in the store for a half hour. None of these people lifted their face up from the phone for a half hour. So, so this confuses me. And maybe someone could explain it to me. Call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. If you if you could if you could somehow explain this to me, it, I was confused. I didn't understand how possibly somebody could make a decision at home. Oh, I want to go shopping today. Get into the car, drive to a place of shopping, a store, a big store. Walk into the store filled with merchandise. And stand there staring at their phone. I'm uh, I'm confused as to why somebody would choose to do that. And so so they stood there for over a half hour. I was in the store for over a half hour. They stood they stood there for over a half hour, staring at their phone, not looking at one item of merchandise on the shelves. So I got curious, and. I went and I, I kind of walked behind them and I just took a look over their shoulder to see what was on their screen. I know you shouldn't do these things. It's an invasion of privacy. I understand the whole thing. But if you're standing in the middle of a store and you're, you're staring at your cell phone, uh, I guess you're not expecting, your expectation of privacy is probably a lot less than if you were sitting on your couch and some stranger you know, popped up in the window behind you. And that, that would be more of an invasion of privacy than walking by and just taking a quick glance at somebody's phone. But I did it intentionally. I wanted to see what they were looking at. Were, were they on Instagram? Were they on Facebook? Were they on uh, Twitter? What were they doing? Why? What was so important that these people had to sit on their phones for a half hour in the middle of a, a store? Well, what was so important that they couldn't put the phone away and look at the merchandise, which is right in front of them. And I went by the first person. I walked behind them and I looked over their shoulder. And they were looking at the store we were in's website. And I, I found that curious. You're standing in the store. The merchandise is all around you. And you're shopping on the website. Now the store is the store is not a showroom. This is a store you could walk over. You could pick up the uh, the merchandise off the counter and just walk up to the cash and buy it. The prices on the website are the same prices you get in the store. The description they give on the website is really unnecessary if you're if you're standing in the store and you have the you have the the product in your hand. So why would you be spending a half hour while standing in a store looking? at the merchandise in that store. 
I, I'm, I'm a little confused by this. this. This doesn't make any sense to me. Now, the second person, I decided to look over their shoulder and then look at their cell phones and see what they were doing. The second person was uh, was was on TikTok. And so, so okay, fine. They were, they were just scrolling through TikTok, standing in the middle of the aisle, in the middle of a store, scrolling through TikTok. Hey, whatever makes you happy. I, I don't understand why somebody would choose to leave their home, drive to a store, walk into the store, and stand in the middle of the in the middle of the aisle looking at TikTok. It doesn't make sense to me, but that's what they were doing. So, this cell phone addiction is not good for humanity. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's not going to end well for humanity. This cell phone addiction. And I know I start, I'm starting to sound like one of those old fuddy duddies. I I know I know you. Know, yeah, yeah, rock and roll is just a phase. Ah, yesterday's music, today's music was much better. I, I know, I know. Old people always say this kind of thing, right? It's a fad. It's going to disappear. It's never a fad. It never disappears. Remember years ago when, uh, at the beginning of the internet, uh, when Rick, when they started releasing the internet to the to the public, I, I was old enough to remember that. I'm old enough to remember that. Uh, and I remember, I remember someone telling me that this internet thing's not going to catch on. Um, I was in university. Uh, my first year in university, I was 15 years old, 16 years old, just 16. I went to university straight from high school. I was 16 years old. And uh, the university I went to, I went to Bar-Ilan University in Israel. And um, and the university had a huge, huge, huge computer building. And, um, and, and I went into this computer building. I was always into computers. Uh, my family had computers from the beginning of computers. So I, I was always into computers. I always liked computers. And I went into this computer building, and they had a computer room that was open to the general public. Um, well, the general public that, were, that, that, that went to the university. So if you had a student ID and you had a password, you could get onto the computers there. And uh, I sat down at the computer there, and, um, and, and this was way before the World Wide Web. Uh, I sat at the computer, and we used to chat we used to chat um internet relay chat irc and, and we used to sit there and we I used to sit there for hours just chatting with other people it's a lonely life living on a university campus by yourself i had no roommate so it was it was this was this was my my way of interacting with other people and um and i met also some interesting people i met people that i still in contact today with um uh, danish d'souza actually the the conservative commentator um, was a constant chatting. We were chatting constantly back and forth. So um, the um, so the, so the interesting uh, the interesting thing about this is that um, that that when when I left, I'd stay there for multiple hours chatting with different people, and then I would leave. And as I'd leave, uh, there was a security guard that was sitting there watching the building, and, and he would always stop me. He was an American guy who had made Aliyah to Israel, and he uh, and he, but he spoke perfect English. And he says to me, what are you doing in that room for so many hours? Nobody else stays there that many hours. What are you doing for so many hours in that room? And, and I'd say to him, I'm chatting with other people from around the world. Uh, it's, it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to, to get different perspectives. I was always into politics, so we discussed politics. We discussed all sorts of different things. It was a great way to talk to other people. And he said to me, and, and, and I, I remember this as clear as day. He said to me, well, it's the internet, right? And I said, yeah, the internet. He said, well, the internet's a fad. It'll be gone in five years. So you're just wasting your time. I said, okay, fine. Uh, I, I came back I, I came back to Montreal, and uh, and David Abitbal, the founder of Julicious, he, he, he showed me the first website I ever saw, which was Time Magazine, and he showed me how Time Magazine had their entire magazine online. And I thought that was really cool. I had never seen that before. So, so I understand the attraction to it. I understand the the idea that uh, that that the internet is 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 a living, breathing entity, and that we have to respect the fact that the internet's here to stay. And I understand that uh, social media was created specifically to grab your attention and never let go. And 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 this has been proven over and over again. This is a uh, these are these are these are algorithms that are used and they use different tricks in order to keep your attention to keep you in their social media platforms for as long as they possibly can uh, the longer you stay there the more eyeballs that they have the more money they make so it's all about making money so they um they 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 work hard at finding different ways to uh, to keep you there 
remember seeing a documentary not long ago. Uh, one of the founders of Facebook was uh, was was the um, was also the guy who founded uh, Napster, and um, Napster was the first. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Napster was the first uh, um, internet site where you were able to 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 pirate music. And uh, he founded Napster. This guy was the uh, founder of Napster. And he, he was also one of the early founders of Facebook, one of the early investors, one of the early guys involved in the, in the designing and the creation of Facebook. And, and he said clearly, uh, he said clearly in this documentary, he said, listen, he says, the, um, the, the, the button, the, uh, the, the, red, the red flag that comes up on Facebook. So when you, when you go onto Facebook, there's, a, there's that red flag that tells you have a message. That, that was done intentionally. It wasn't done to notify you that you have a message. And that wasn't the only reason it was put there, and that's not the only reason it's red with the white, with the white text inside it. He said, they put it there, he said, because as you're trying to log off, if that flag pops up, you're staying on to read that message. Nobody is going to close Facebook with a red flag hanging there. Your curiosity, your brain is not going to let you not be curious about what the message is. So you are you are actually you are actually programmed. Your brain is actually programmed that when that red flag comes up, you click on that button. And if that flag comes up over and over and over again, which is why Facebook sends you these random messages, don't forget to wish this guy a happy birthday. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. With that red flag popping up, and that red flag is the. Uh, is 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 one of the one of the brainwashing tools that Facebook uses. Another thing they used, and uh, I'm not so sure how prevalent it is today, but it was prevalent for years, is the like button. People trying to get likes, as many likes as possible. Ah, everybody has to like me. Everybody has to like me. That's what built Instagram. The like button. Facebook had it first, but Instagram. That's what made Instagram. Everybody wanted to get likes. The more likes, the more self affirmation you had. So people with low self-esteem who feel that nobody's paying any attention to them, if they post up a picture of themselves or a picture that they like, and and, and they get 10,000 likes, oh, suddenly they're important, or at least they feel important. And so that's that's the story behind social media. So when, when people stand in a store and they're staring at social media for, for half hour instead of looking at the merchandise around them, I, I kind of get it. I, I understand why they're doing that. But another thing social media does that's not talked about very often is it destroys your brain cells. It kills you. It kills your intellect. It dumbs down society. There was a time, and not long ago, where you were able to have a relatively intelligent conversation. You were able to have a relatively intelligent political debate. You were able to have a relatively intelligent, um, a relatively intelligent exchange with somebody, where you could disagree with them and they could disagree with you, and you could walk away still liking each other, still being friendly with each other, uh, not wanting to kill each other. There was a time in the not so distant past that you were able to do that. That time, of course, is gone. That, that doesn't exist anymore. And that's thanks to social media, too. Social media has caused a, 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 a division in society that I'm not so sure will ever be able to be mended. Because of the instant, the instantaneous responses that you could give on social media, because of that instantaneous response, suddenly everybody becomes a maven on everything. Everybody becomes an expert on everything. So, if you post up um, something that you're, you know, something on your passion, you, whatever, whatever topic that you uh, that you feel like talking about, and you, and you post up a comment on it, and your comment could be well researched, and your comment could be. Uh, could be could be an interesting comment. It could be something that uh, that's relevant in people's lives. It could be it could be a it could be a normal comment. There will inevitably be three or four people. If anybody comments on the comment, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, inevitably, there will be somebody there who will disagree with you. Say you are full of it. How could you say that? And and, and get all huffy and puffy. Now, now, you could read the huffy and puffy and you could ignore it, but social media is not designed for that. 
It's not designed for you to ignore people. It's designed for you to engage. So they send you a message that, that that's totally, totally attacking you for your point of view. It's taking you to task for your point of view. Now you have two options. You could walk away or you could you could you could engage and you could start arguing. Social media is designed for you to start arguing. And that's what they want. They want you to start arguing. So so the 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 prevailing attitude for people who get into political arguments over the years before social media was always that you're not arguing for uh, you're not arguing against the person that you're that you're that you're arguing with because you're never going to change their mind. There's no way that somebody who is uh, who's a radical right winger uh, and somebody who's a radical left winger are ever going to come to some kind of an agreement. That, that that never happens. the The idea is that you you engage in arguments, you engage in uh, in conversation, so that the bystander hears both sides of the argument and makes up their own mind. So you're you're basically educating everybody around you. You're not going to change the mind of the guy against you or guy guy opposite you, but at least everybody around you hears both points of view. So, so one point of view doesn't dominate the the, the discussion. Both points of views are are expressed. Uh, social media has stopped that too. That doesn't exist anymore either, because uh, recently, like within the last uh, within the last five six years, since uh, Donald Trump became president of the United States. Social media has decided that they now have to police your opinion too. So before they they had um, before these social media platforms were open and you were able to express an opinion and as long as you weren't threatening to kill somebody or soliciting children for uh, illicit acts or um, or doing something majorly illegal, the social media companies didn't care what you did on their platforms. Nobody bothered to look at what you were saying. So you could rant and you could rave and you could be uh, you could be a nutcase and and people who want to agree with you were able to subscribe to you and listen to you and 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 and, and be part of your um, your depraved world and anybody who thought you were a depraved moron didn't have to uh, didn't didn't have to read you they could have just blocked you or just ignored you or just not looked at your page and that was uh, that was the way social media worked it was a free for all and anybody could say anything they wanted freedom of speech reigned. You had the right to talk. You had the right to to express an opinion. When Donald Trump became president, that right was revoked by social media companies because they didn't like Donald Trump. They didn't like what he was saying and they didn't like his supporters and his followers. So suddenly, fact checkers appeared. Suddenly, uh, you were not allowed to express certain opinions and certain opinions were, were, were more valid than other opinions and you weren't able to express other opinions and if you did you would be banned from the social media platform which is basically what happened to us on uh, on youtube we were off for a few weeks a little while back because i i questioned the 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 effectiveness of of the covid vaccine now i'm not going to go into everything that i that i said uh, which was based on uh, which was based on uh, on, on scientific fact, uh, and I, I I questioned the effectiveness of um, of masking, which, which I'm not going to get into what I said, which is based on scientific fact. If I get into what I said, I can repeat it all right now. Uh, YouTube will ban me again. They they will throw me off again. So we were suspended for a week off YouTube, and we're given a strike. So now we have two more strikes, and then we're out. So strike three, and you're out. Um, we have two more strikes, and then they remove us from YouTube permanently. Uh, now, do I care if I'm on YouTube or not? Not particularly. It just makes it easier for people to watch and listen to the show. It's the only reason I subscribe to YouTube anyway, is to make it easier for people to watch and listen to the show. So I don't care if YouTube throws me off. Uh, but the concept that YouTube can throw me off, the concept that they could ban me from their platform for expressing an opinion, and an opinion where, where I stated, they said that I was, uh, I was distributing false medical information. Where I clearly said in the show, and it, I mean, the audio's there, you can listen to it, it's there. And I sent them a clip and I said, hey, this is the clip. Uh, <laughs> I clearly said, I'm not a doctor, this is only my opinion. And, and really, you should go to your doctor and you should speak to your doctor for, for their opinion because my opinion really means nothing, it's just an opinion. I said that clearly on the show that they banned and they threw off YouTube. So, so I made it clear that I was expressing my own opinion. 
that wasn't based on any sci- that wasn't based on any medical experience that I have or medical expertise that I have. Yet YouTube still decided to throw me off their platform uh, for a week at least for the first time and give me a strike. All right, fine. They could do that if they if they, if they want. They could do that. Uh, that is their right as a private company. That is their right. They 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 could do whatever they want. They're, they're a private company. It's Google. Uh, Google could do whatever they want. But should they be allowed to do whatever they want? That's the question. Are they really private companies? And the answer is simply no, they're not. They're not private companies for the simple reason that governments, the Canadian government, the American government, not so much the European governments anymore, but uh, the Canadian government, the American government still give social media platforms a pass on the content that appears on their platform. So let me tell you what that means. Uh, if I owned a radio station that was broadcasting on AM or FM, I am um, I am beholden to the rules of the FTC or the CRTC in Canada, the FCC in the United States. These rules I must follow. I have no choice but to follow these rules. And if I violate the rules, I risk losing the license that allows me to broadcast on the frequencies that... Um, that, that were given to me by the government. So the government tells me there are certain things you can't say on our airways in our country and certain things you can't say. And if I, if I violate those rules, then I can no longer be broadcasting on their frequencies. And by accepting the license, I'm accepting those rules. I'm accepting the fact that there, there is a limitation on what can and cannot be said on the radio. Okay, fine. If I have a TV station, it's the same thing. I answer to the same people, the FCC or the CRTC, and there there are rules on what I can and cannot do on television. And if I violate the rules of what I can or cannot do on television, and by the way, those rules have been loosened up over the years, they're almost non-existent anymore, but if I violate any of the rules that, that govern television, I will no longer have a television station. I, I, I will lose my license for a television station. So the internet was freedom. We were able to come onto the internet. We were able to express an opinion that you couldn't say on television. You couldn't say on the radio, but you could express on the internet. For instance, on this show here, if I don't care about the social media platforms and I could, uh, if I disconnect my social media accounts uh, from this video and I just broadcast the audio on the True Talk Radio app, I could pretty much say anything I want. I own the app. I own the platform we're broadcasting off of. And the, uh, the streaming service that I'm using, the, the people who, who push my voice out uh, through the app uh, are, not, are not in North America. They're, they're, in, uh, they're, in, they're in Europe. And European laws in that particular country are, are extremely lax. So I can pretty much say anything and do anything I want on the True Talk Radio app. But, but I choose not to because I, I like listenership, right? So people who, who like listenership choose not to do crazy, nasty stuff on, on the radio and uh, on, on media platforms. But I can. Now, now, the social media companies get a break. They get, they, get, they get immunity for all content on their sites. So that means that uh, if I have... Um, so, so that means that if I have a hateful show on, on, my, uh, uh, on my social media platform, whatever it is, uh, on YouTube, let's say, I produce a hateful show, a show that promotes hate and genocide and murder against somebody, uh, the social media platform itself is not responsible for that show. So it means that I could air, they could air the show and not hold any responsibility for the content of the show, much like a cable provider, which is what the government viewed social media platforms as, a cable provider. You, you license, you, 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 you provide a, a group of, uh, of TV stations the opportunity to broadcast to multiple people, and you're not actually responsible for anything that these TV stations broadcast. These TV stations are individually responsible, which is the way things should be. So if I get on, uh, on, let's say, YouTube and I say something that's nasty or I say something that's, uh, that's illegal or I do something that's illegal, uh, I, I should be personally responsible for what's done on my channel. And I should be, and, and, and when, it, when I'm responsible for what's done on the channel, um, I should be responsible for to the government and to the police, not to YouTube. 
YouTube is just the vessel that's broadcasting me. They're not the uh, they're not the police, and they shouldn't be enforcing rules. So when YouTube tells me I have a strike because they didn't like something I said, not because I said something illegal, which I did not. I did not say anything illegal. Not because I said I'm a doctor and listen to me. I'm I'm telling you as a doctor. This is what it, this is the truth. That's not what I said. And not because uh, because I forced anybody to do anything illegal or immoral or or or, or unf- unfathomable. I didn't. All I did was express an opinion based on on stuff that I read, which I could back up, which I could back up with uh, with factual with factual information. I could show you the studies that I read, which which say exactly what I said on the show. So by 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 telling me by by YouTube telling me that. That if you do this again, we're going to throw you off our platform forever. We're going to punish you for expressing an opinion. That totally violates the entire concept that the government's given them the break for. They give them the pass to allow for people to get on there and to talk and to express opinions. So if you're stopping me from expressing an opinion which isn't hateful, which isn't hurtful, which isn't which which isn't promoting violence or any kind of uh, any kind of harm or or danger to anybody, and you're telling me that because you disagree with my conclusions, that I can't express them, then we have a violation of uh, then we have the violation of you're you're violating my my right to free speech, aren't you? That's a violation of my rights to free speech. Now, the, the argument always is that uh, these companies are private companies, but they're not private companies because the government gives them these pass. Now, if the government took away these passes and these companies actually became private companies and liable for everything that's on their uh, on their platform, then I could say, okay, be militant. You know, watch out for yourself because I don't want you to get sued, and if, uh, if something I'm doing is going to get you sued, then, then then be militant about it. If that was the case, I would never complain about YouTube saying, "Hey, wait a second, you can't say that on a platform. We don't want to get hurt. We don't want to get the. Uh, we, you know, you can't do that." I, I would understand it, but because YouTube has a blanket, a blanket pass, a blanket uh, forgiveness for anything that happens on their on their on their platform, why would they be threatening me? One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call if you want to get in on the conversation. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. I don't understand why they would be threatening me. It doesn't make sense to me. And you know, I've been finding that a lot lately. Uh, I, I I used to think of myself as a relatively intelligent person. I've been doing uh, this radio show for thirty seasons, you know, twenty five, twenty six years. Uh, I've been on the radio. I've been doing a political talk show for years and years and years and years. I have uh, multiple university degrees and uh, and and and, uh, and a whole lot of education. I have a lot of life experience. I've done a lot of different things in my life, and I've uh, I, I've I've excelled at almost everything I've done. I've gotten to the top of almost every career that I've. Uh, that I've that I've been in, and and for the life of me, I've been uh, for the last little while. It's been quite frustrating, actually, that that I've been so confused and so befuddled by what's going on in the world. And I thought it was me. I thought, okay, you're getting older, and you know maybe you're not processing things the way you should be processing. Maybe maybe your brain is starting to slow down. Maybe you're you're starting to to get to get a little bit you know on the older side of things. Uh, you know, sometimes when you get a little older, things start to uh, change. Your perception of things start to change. And I thought it was me. I, I honestly did. And I said, okay, you know, if it's me, I have to reevaluate the way I do the way I do things, the way I do the show, the way I do and I have to relook at my life and figure out how I'm going to be able to, you know, change things so I can continue doing what I like doing but 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 not sound like a moron. I, and and I thought about it for a long time. I said, how how you know if if my mind if it's a physical change or a metaphysical change and a mental change because of age, then maybe I could start looking at you know looking at the world in a different way, whatever. Then I realized it's not me. Then I realized it's definitely not me. I analyzed the situation. I started thinking, okay, so I mean, I can't be I can't be that crazy. I can't be that out of touch with reality that I don't understand what's going on in the world today. I can't be that nuts. So I, I so it's not me. So if it's not me, then I can't be the only one who's confused by things that are happening around uh, around me that doesn't understand any of it. 
Now, now I know I sound like an old man again, and I, I hate sounding like an old man, but it's true. It's not that I don't understand the next generation. I understand the generations. I get along very well with uh, multiple generations. I could talk to, I could talk to a ten-year-old the same way I could talk to a fifteen-year-old. I could talk to a twenty-year-old. I, I could have conversations with them. I, I, I could, I could relate to them, and I, I understand the generations. I, I get it. That's that's not my issue. My issue is that 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 the the whole concepts, the concepts that are coming out now, uh, where where. You could look back at somebody's life and, 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 and dissect what they said 50 years ago and then say they were a racist, so we can't even, you know, we can't call Ryerson University anymore, Ryerson University anymore because, because you know, 200, 300 years ago he had a slave. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's, it's totally beyond my comprehension. The cancel culture, the idea of cancel culture is beyond my comprehension. I don't understand it. I don't get it, and I don't get why people bow to it. I, I don't understand it. The, the idea that somebody could come to you and say, 32 years ago, you said this, therefore you can't have a job today, is totally mind-boggling to me. I don't understand. Now, maybe somebody could explain it. Maybe, maybe I'm just missing something in the equation. That's possible. I mean, uh, I'm not perfect, and it could be that I'm I'm missing something in the equation. Maybe uh, maybe I just don't have a, a that that little key, that little piece of information that 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 is key to my understanding of this whole thing. But I, I don't get it. I don't get this whole there's no gender thing. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Now I've told the story on the show before, but I'm going to tell it again because I love the story. Uh, I was in the university course just last year, and uh, two years ago, in 2020. I was I was taking a university course, finishing off yet another degree. Uh, when um, and it was a literature course. It was an intro to literature course, and uh, so so the way it was set up was the the professor would give a a long boring lecture about whatever genre of literature we'd be looking at, and then we would. Uh, then the next day, or right after, I think it was right after, right after the lecture, we would go to a workshop with uh, a teaching assistant. And the workshop would just be reinforcing what the professor had taught in the, um, in the lecture. So one day we're sitting there, and, uh, and, and, and the professor uh, is talking, and then we go to the workshop. This is the first workshop we go to with the uh, teaching assistant. And a teaching assistant says, listen, before we even start, let me tell you that this is a safe zone. And I looked at her and I said, what does that mean? She said, this is a safe zone. So we don't gender people in the zone. So there's no he, her, she, him, her. There's no he, she, him, her. We don't gender people. We, we, we don't talk disparagingly about people. We don't, uh, we don't, um, we don't insult people. Everything, everybody is happy and everybody is friendly. So there's no genders, there's no religion, there's no talking badly about people. We're all just happy, happy people um, corresponding with each other and sitting here for an hour talking about literature. No genders? How do you talk about literature with no genders? How do you have a, a discussion with anybody with no genders? What does it mean to have no genders? I, everybody has a gender. Everybody's born with a, you know, with certain body parts that tell you which gender you are. I mean, it's it's totally off the wall. This whole concept. It got even more crazy when two weeks later, the professor got up and said, "Today we are learning feminist literature." I, I was astounded. Feminist literature. What is feminist literature? So the professor continued by explaining that feminist literature is literature written from a female perspective. But wait a second. Your teaching assistant just told us that there are no genders. So if gender doesn't exist and men and women are the exact same thing, then what's a female perspective? What would feminist literature be? I, I don't understand the concept. The professor looked at the professor uh, looked at me. I asked a question in class. The professor looked at me and said to me, 
listen, we're talking about feminist literature, and then continued on with the lecture. I thought, okay. When we got to um, when we got to the TA, the TA wasn't at the le- TA wasn't at the uh, at the lecture. So we get to the TA's workshop, and I sit down, and the TA says, "All right, so we're talking about feminist literature today." And I uh, I raise my hand immediately, and the TA looks at me and says to me, "Yeah." I said to her, "What is feminist literature?" I don't understand what you're saying. What is feminist literature? And she, uh, she says, well, um, what? And I said, well, you told us that there are no genders, that genders don't exist. So explain to me what feminist literature is. And she said, well, it's literature written by, um, by bad people who have a different perspective. I said, well, what people? I mean, everybody has a different perspective. If I wrote a story today... That's my perspective. If you wrote a story, that's your perspective. So are we going to say we're, we're studying Howie literature next week? I, I don't understand. Explain to me what you mean. They said, well, it's, 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 um, it's, it's literature written by, and she couldn't explain it because she didn't want to say it's literature written by a woman, that, that, a woman. That's, that's something she did not want to say. She absolutely refused to say that it's literature written by a woman. And she was stammering and stuttering, and I said, uh, I don't understand what we're doing here. So, so why are we playing this game? I don't understand the game. So explain the rules to the game, of the game to me, and then maybe I'll understand it, but I don't get the game. And she, she looked at me, and then this, 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 um, this person sitting in the front row, and I, I, I'm telling you, till today, I'm not sure if the person was a male or female. I, I, I have no idea. They were just very big and very bulky and very muscled and had green hair and, uh, and a mustache. So I'm, I'm not sure what it was. So this person turns around from the front row and says to me in an extremely deep voice, do you have a problem? So I said, yeah, I do. Uh, I don't understand this. And this has nothing to do with you. I'm talking to the TA. The person says to me, well, if you don't stop with your problem, I will personally remove you from the classroom. I said, oh, oh, I understand. And I looked at the TN and I said, that person just threatened me with violence, physical violence. I said, the first class we were in, you said that this was a safe zone. I don't feel safe. The TA looked at me and said to me, why don't you just leave? She threw me out of the class. She threw me out. I was threatened physically. I asked a question which challenged the premise of the class. And I got expelled from the class. And told not to come back to that TA's class and put into another class. I don't understand why. I'm, 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 I'm at a loss. I'm really at a loss as to why I was expelled from the class. I thought the question was a legitimate question. If you tell me that there's no such thing as gender, males and females are, are exactly the same and there's no difference between a man and a woman, then why would there be a difference in the way uh, people think? And then if I question you and, and, and you threaten me with violence, does that not violate the, the idea of having a safe zone in the classroom? This is uh, this is the way universities run today. These 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 so-called progressive people who have taken over, and and it's the least progressive of them all. Think about wokeism for a second. Think about this whole idea of being woke. And I know a lot of people are, are like to say, "Oh, well, you know, it's it's it stops it stops uh, it stops racism." Really. It promotes racism, really. When somebody could tell me that being a white male is the worst thing in the world and that, that white males are evil, if somebody could, when somebody could tell me that, is that not racism? Is that not racism? I had a guy who argued with me once who said, you can't be racist against white people. What? If I judge anybody based on the color of their skin or their uh, well, based on the color of their skin, does that not make me racist? 
Of course it does. That's the definition of racism. That's the classic definition of racism. If I judge somebody or, or deny somebody service or deny somebody uh, anything based on the color of their skin, I am a racist. So when you tell me that white males are, are, are evil, you are a racist. When you tell me I don't like white people, you are a racist. And, and no, you're not exempt from, uh, from, from, from the racist, from being a racist because you, you don't like white people, as somebody once argued with me. Well, you know, uh, white people were evil and they, they held slaves, so therefore we can hate white people. No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't do that. The definition of racism is judging someone based on the color of their skin. The second you do that, you are a racist. Period. There, there's, there's not even an argument. There's, there was no, there can't be a debate about this. And I know this is the second night in a row I'm, 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 I'm making a statement and saying there, there really can't be a debate about it because this is the definition of something. And, 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 and you can't stretch the definition. You can't change the definition. This is what is defined at. This is what the word means. So last night when I said that about Judaism, uh, I got a whole bunch of people complaining to me saying, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's the definition. You can't change the definition of something. Now, you may not like the definition, and, and I saw a comedy show, like I, I keep telling you, I was at Just for Last Festival just a couple of weeks ago. We were covering it for the Howie Silberger show. And I saw a comedy show where, where one of the comedians got up and said, to, said hey, listen, uh, you know, uh, when the Supreme Court makes a wrong decision, and I was thinking, one second, a wrong decision? What does that mean? You didn't agree with it, so it's a wrong decision? You didn't agree with the decision, so it's wrong? No, it's just a decision you didn't agree with. It doesn't make it wrong. Who died and made you the, the, the king of decisions? Who died and made you right? Maybe your opinion is wrong. Did you ever think of that? Maybe you are the racist. You ever think of that? It's, it's actually infuriating. And if you're an intelligent person and you think about it for a second, you realize how stupid and infuriating this is. And not enough people are getting mad about it because everyone's just bowing to it because you know that the second you are... I mean, listen, being called a racist is probably the worst thing you could be called in your life. Well, I would say the second worst thing to be called in your life. Pedophile is the worst thing you could be called in your life. Racist is the second worst thing you could be called in your life. Being called a racist is terrible. It's terrible, and and it should not. It shouldn't happen unless you are a racist. And if you if it is happening, and if you are a racist, then you should be called out for being a racist. So if you're telling me I hate white people, you are a racist. I will call you a racist to your face. I'm not afraid to say you are racist. We we did a show. Um, during the Obama election in 2008, we did we did a show. It was 2004, uh, 2004 was it or 2008? I think his first term was in 2008. When we did a show, the election night for Obama, and we called around and we asked a whole bunch of people right across the United States. We had one of actually one of Obama's uh, campaign workers who was on the show with us that night, and he hooked us up with people who voted for Obama right across the uh, right across the United States. And we called around. We started calling people, and we asked them. And and it was a simple question. I had one question for everybody. Why did you vote for Barack Obama? And most of them answered the same thing. They said, we wanted to see the first black president. I said, I, I don't understand your answer. Are you a racist? And they said, no, why? I said, did you vote for Obama because he's black? And you, you didn't vote for John McCain because he's white? Doesn't that make you a racist? And they stopped, and they, and they didn't know what to answer me. I said, why are we so concerned about a black president? Why are we concerned about a competent president? So, so if you would have told me that you voted for Barack Obama because you thought he was a competent president, the most competent of, 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 the, of the people running for president, I would say, wow, okay, great. I am happy that you voted for Obama for the right reasons. But if you tell me you voted for the guy because you want to see a black president in the White House, that's racist. That's racist because you're excluding somebody who's white. You're saying, I didn't vote for the other guy because he's white. 
How is that different from some guy in 1950 saying that I, I, I voted for this guy because he's white and I didn't vote for that guy because he's black? If that happened, you'd say that guy's a racist. So why is it okay the other way around? Reverse racism is still racism. Now, why it's called reverse racism, I have no idea, but it's still racism. Racism is racism. If you discriminate against somebody because of the color of their skin, you are a racist, period. It's not that hard to understand. Yet so many people argue with me all the time. They, 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 they're outraged by me, by, by me saying things like this. No, you don't understand. I had a guy arguing with me for hours. You don't understand, Howie, he said. White people are guilty. So many years, white people have been guilty. This is a white guy, by the way, a white Jewish guy on top of it all. White people have been guilty so many years of being, uh, of being racist, uh, of being racist and of doing bad things to different people of different colors that it's okay to say that, that, that it's not good, to, that, that you can't love a white person, that, that you can hate a white person. I said, no, no, it's not. If we teach people to hate somebody based on the color of their skin, then we are no better than the segregationists of the South. We are no better than the slave drivers. We are no better than anybody who taught their children to hate somebody based on the color of their skin. So if you're teaching young kids that white people are evil, and we know they're evil based on the color of their skin, that is no different than a guy in the 1950s teaching their kids that a black person is evil and is less than human because of the color of their skin. You're the same racist as they are. Now, why the world, why most rational, normal people don't call out these racists is beyond me. I have no idea. But racism is racism, and it's wrong no matter which way it goes. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I'm going to go now, but in about an hour, I will be back. So right around midnight, we'll be back with Political Hitman which airs on Israel News Talk Radio. That'll come in about an hour right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So join me back here again in about an hour. And uh, we'll be here with um, Political Hitman. Looking forward to it. Until tomorrow, if you don't catch me with Political Hitman, I'll see you again tomorrow right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I'm Howie Silberger. It's the Howie Silberger Show. Thank you for joining me.